Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our Econ Show and today I'm here with uh, Jeff uh, Truchon and he's the CEO of Atomic Bear from uh, Canada, Montreal. And uh, Atomic Bear is a brand that focuses, focuses on uh, survival brands and they have a technical pen product. And uh, honestly, for me, it's um, it's a very exotic niche, I would say. We have clients in this niche, my agency, but still, um, I love hiking, but survival is a bit different. Uh, so let's talk about it here today. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Daniel, for having me in your podcast. That's uh, great. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Like uh, today in Montreal, it's uh, warm, uh, in spite of uh, being toward the end of August. So it's always good to go out, get out super sunny and then uh, we got to talk together so that's a great day yeah awesome yeah i think in canada when it's warm and sunny you really have to appreciate it right yeah exactly well i think you know um people underestimate how warm and sunny it gets uh so i would say until the end of september mid-october usually we get mm -hmm. good weather um you know i would say uh, and the summer is good too so winter is pretty brutal but you know if you just forget those uh, six five to six months of winter everything else looks pretty cool <laughs> yeah amazing so before we jump into this business uh let's start with your background and i know this is not your first business you launched your first business back in 2015 and uh please share with us what what was the first business that you had yeah, so my first business was, um, um, you know, I was I wanted to build a business around physical product and a brand, and uh, my first business was definitely uh, very different from what I'm doing now. I started uh, making uh, with partner in China, um, you know, portable chargers, power banks, name it like you want, uh, and uh, the idea my idea behind that business was that. Um, there was a lot of volume, a lot of sales and electronics. So I thought if I just get a tiny bit of that pie, that would be a great business. And that would, um, you know, be very cool because I also like gadgets and electronics. So I learned a lot through that year and a half, two years that I, I, I developed that business. So I was working full time. So it was like weekend at night, uh, you know, hobby. Uh, so, you know, um, but still after... After a year and a half, I just started realizing talking with other people who were um, developing brands and uh, and I was mainly selling on Amazon. So that makes everything easy, uh, easier, not easy, but easier. Uh, so uh, what happened is the, the I started realizing that my, my margins were pretty low and uh, Cost of goods sold were pretty high, and I would I was bootstrapping that business, so that initial cash was uh, not enough to um, to grow the business because the the moment your sales go up, then you know you um, you need to inject more cash for a future purchase of your customer, and it goes on like that. And when the margins and the return investment are small, what happens is that you you get to um, uh, to know that uh, basically you have to pull cash from somewhere else, uh, line of credit uh, against the house and stuff like that, which is a bit scary, like, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I was putting my, I put myself a limit. This is the amount of money I will raise for myself or anybody else. But then you realize it's not, not possible to scale and it's highly competitive. 
uh, with great competitors, with great quality products. So one of my realization after, I would say, a year and a half of selling is that this, is, this was a great school, but a poor business. It was really difficult to market because, you know, every type of people want to buy, you know, a portable charger because every type of people have a phone now. So uh, the marketing was difficult. Uh, the um, finding new products was difficult. Also, uh, quality control had challenges, you know, all these things and, and poor profit at the end. So meaning you cannot grow your business and reach more uh, customers, reach out to more customers with it. Uh, so after a year and a half, I'm like, this is a great, uh, this is a great school. I learned about branding, about like so many things, uh, email marketing, copy. Uh, I, I learned, I, I'm someone who loves to learn. So I learned a lot and I put in practice, but man, that was, uh, that was a sucker because at the end of the day, I didn't have much more money in my bank account. You know, my stock was valued some, something. So that is when, like in 2016, I went to a clinic uh, where um, I met the, the person who was now my wife. She was the, the teacher at that clinic. It was a workshop, actually, they call it at the time. And uh, um, there was about what, 20, 25 people. It was in Toronto, Canada. And then um, for two days, even a bit more, I think, they were talking about their own numbers, uh, how they were doing, and uh, the cost of goods sold. And I was so, I was so shocked by uh my numbers i'm like oh my god i'm at 25 percent margin uh it's so difficult my cost of goods sold are ten dollars a unit nine dollars a unit i'm like this is like it's very bad for me so i this is when i decided i needed to do a change do something go in a niche that i like and i can identify to and also uh, that i can market better uh, do better marketing and also do uh I have more fun doing it. You know, that that was another thing. And hopefully with more margins and better return on investment when you, you buy your, your goods. So you can scale it up with the bootstrapping approach as opposed to getting a loan and getting money from um, your creditors. So, yeah, that's uh, more or less what happened in my first business. It was called Vivant. I still have some of those chargers. They're amazing. They're awesome. But, you know, uh, yeah, it was painful to turn this, this off because, you know, uh, I'd spend a lot of time over weekends at night uh, trying to put this together. I had nine SKU at the time, um, grossing about half a million a year. So, you know, it's a big decision. Yeah, yeah. I, I can sense that because you talked about it for five minutes. So <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. It was six <laughs> years ago or a bit less, right? So five, five years ago, something like that. It's but, 2015, yeah, and it's seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. But I, I started Atomic Bear five years ago. The first product landed, uh, or was sold actually five years ago, yeah. Yeah. And this first business, it was only Amazon? No Shopify back then or anything else? Um, I, had, I had a Shopify site. Did I? Yeah, I did a website, uh, but I was not driving traffic there. No, it's just a matter of... Um, I didn't have enough hours in the day to to do that. So uh, yeah, I had a yeah. website uh, that I asked my VA to put together. Actually, initially it was even made on on Wix. It was not intended to be a selling website. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And then and then oh uh, yeah, we went to Wo uh, WooCommerce, a WordPress site. After that, with WooCommerce, that I hired an agency to work on that. But yeah, that's hmm. it's almost um, vanishing in my mind. So it's a good time you're asking now because. Maybe a year from now, I forgot that. <laughs> it's a long time. Um, you know, in many podcasts and then YouTube videos, people talk about how hard it is to quit a nine to five job. And 
uh, I don't know about others. For me, it was an easy decision because I hated my work, uh, maybe for you as well. I think what is even harder is to shut down a business and start a new one. I think that's harder. That's my personal experience. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, I like, funny enough, I did not hate my job, right? This is weird. I, I'm try, still trying to understand myself, but I am a scientist by training and did a PhD that I was doing research, working with great people, had a good salary, um, but somehow wanted to basically get, um, build my own, my own things. And yeah, so that was the motivation to leave because I know people who've grown a business to a quite high level and still working full time, which yeah. is to me is yeah. uh, how do you do that? Like after a while, it, it just drives you crazy. But yeah, you're right. Closing a business is like, am I doing the right thing? Have I spent all these hours and, and, and weeks uh, and all, all this for nothing, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, you just look, uh, I like uh, how Kevin O'Leary uh, talk about it. Like you, <laughs> it's a bit bad for dogs, but he, he says, when you've got a, a sick dog, you bring him back behind the barn and you shoot it, right? So, uh, I mean, it's very painful to do. I can imagine never done that, but it's a bit the same thing. Like if, it took me uh, a good good two months to uh, to accept that that reality and that decision yeah. right, of closing my business and then uh, what else will I do, right? So um, yeah, a good two months transition and uh, emotional struggles. Yeah, I can imagine. So you mentioned you generated around a half a million in revenue with that business. And then in uh, 2017, you started uh, the Atomic Bear. So what was the initial idea there? Yeah, so I, I wanted something I like, as I said, like, you know, outdoors and survival. Um, I just thought if, if you're going to help people, what can you help them the most with? I would say life preservation is pretty on top of priorities in terms of, uh, you know, human priorities. And also there was a cool niche there. So I look, I look at different products. So I do a lot of market research on Amazon, look at sales volume, competition. And uh, one of the things I realized is that there was an, there was opportunity in the outdoor slash survival slash, you know, self-defense. Uh, and it's something I could resonate with. So I was like, okay, let's, and I, and the name came also, and I, I, I it, well, the story of the name is a bit wild and not, not totally uh, business oriented. It was happened in a bar and everything. So it was very funny, but I heard that atomic bear hug. That was the, the, the way, uh, the Isaac called that. So, uh, I was like, atomic bear, that's crazy. Then mm -hmm. it just take with me for, for these two months. And I'm like, yeah, I've got to. To build a business around that and and uh, all this this coming to uh together like i want i did my research found different products in that area that i could launch and probably be be profitable and and so i'm like atomic bear that is so um yeah so yeah so it, yeah it took um and that's probably the end of 2016 yeah mm -hmm. so you came up with the name and you decided to build a business around it and yeah. how did you find the products? How did you find the first customers? Well, that's a, I, I had experience selling on Amazon at that point. So for me, that was uh, quite easy to, um, to understand the mechanics behind a product launch. First <laughs> of all, I knew that my product had to uh, be a little bit different. If you just do a Me Too product, then you're going to compete with price. I knew also that the brand had to look 
pretty cool and uh, pretty different and exciting compared to what was already on the market. So I worked quite a bit on the brand side, um, do, uh, did a lot of um, uh, writing and research around who my ideal customer was. So once you decide that you're going to sell to survivalists, preppers, and uh, people who like to be one of those but don't have the time or the energy or the money. So, you know, this is the, it defines a niche. And then you're like, who, where are these people? And then you can read and learn more about it. They're on Facebook, YouTube, uh, everywhere. But basically, they, they, they have a well-defined, you know, conversation. And then I found two products that I thought were good. And I said, I'm going to make a little modification. One was a bracelet. And at the time, the, this is a survival bracelet. I call it the Cobra bracelet. And uh, the good thing about this bracelet is a survival kit you put on your wrist. So if you like hiking, uh, going outside, uh, and you don't want to carry your bag with a knife, a fire starter, all that, but you say, well, you're going for, out for a day. Let's say you put the bracelet on, you're like, Worse comes to worse. I can, I know I can make a fire with this. I've got compass and emergency whistle. So I've got all the tools. I thought like, this is great. But the problem is that they were like sellers and brands would have like 24 different SKUs, different colors, different sizes. So how would the customer find out what they want in that? Like, you know, like diversity of offers. So I'm like, I'm going to pick one set of colors. I've color and I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna make it adjustable, size adjustable. So I don't have to have all these cues and will make it easy for the customer to select what they wanted. So that was like small change in something that was already existing, already being made in, a, in different manufacturing facilities in China. So I just had to find one. And uh, at that time, I'd met a woman that I, I eventually hired <laughs> uh, in China. She was the first person who sold me the first portable charger, and she was really, really good. So I said, do you want to quit your job and just work for me? And uh, she said yes. And then that's how we started that collaboration and working together. And to this date, it's been seven years, um, soon eight and we're still working together. So it's pretty, uh, it was a pretty good find. But anyway, so I knew that she could find that, that we sampled different factories and found one. Same thing with my first tactical pen, the swap pen. So I did a little change on this, very, very minor, mm -hmm. um, and I launched those two products about the same time. And just they just start growing and growing and growing. And then I launched more product during that year. Uh, I mean, that's how it all started. Yeah. And how many products do you have at the moment? I think I've, I'm at uh, 15 or 16 SKUs. I'm down, I'm downsizing a little bit. So yeah, uh, depending on when you're going to run out of stock, it's going to be 15. I think at the uh, at the end, yeah. yeah. I'm going to add more, but you know, downsizing at the moment. You don't want to have a large scale of products like hundreds or anything like that in the near future. I guess you wanna you want to focus on a dozen, maybe two dozens of products. Something yeah, I like think that. I think you're right. There's a um, there's a challenge, right? If you want to grow and offer more a product to your customers, you have eventually to either if you want to grow your business, you even find find either find more customers or offer more product to the same customers, yeah. right? So yeah. there's a bit of that. So when you grow to many many SKUs, you have to build a team. It becomes the management of those SKUs becomes uh, a challenge, and uh, I kind of foreseen that challenge. Uh, couple of years ago and built some software to manage, for example, do forecasting and inventory on a weekly basis, accounting for Christmas. And, you know, so there's, I invested a lot of effort to build some, some things to manage more SKUs. But the reality is that um, 
you cannot do everything at the same time. So I wanted to uh, start selling more outside of Amazon, find customers elsewhere, uh, grow my Shopify site. So uh, I had to pause on product development, uh, giving, being a small shop. So I think you're right. Adding more SKUs has, has to be done uh, with, um, uh, with, with not just disinterest, just I'm going to shotgun blast all the SKUs because each SKU is more logistics, more problem, more, mm-hmm. more things. So you have to account for that and, then, and care about each of them. Otherwise, and if some are not performing well for whatever reason you identify, yeah, it's, you have got to you've got to eliminate it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. controlling your SKUs is important. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it adds more operational drag to your business. And uh, I think finding new audiences it takes less uh, burden on you and your operations than than more products. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, exactly, and it's it, but it's about uh, there's a learning curve there, like about how to acquire a customer, how much it costs you, where you find them, working with affiliates. Uh, there is different ways to approach it, but each of the these individual ways is a whole world on its own, and their people are totally expert in one of those. So that's uh, the challenge is the uh, is like finding out how to. Be able to acquire customers uh, or uh, get a new customer for your product and not lose your shirt doing so right that's yeah. uh, you know that but it's the whole game there so uh it's a different challenge it, it brings a different burden uh, not necessarily on cash if you're careful doing it but like um not necessarily on logistics uh, but it's uh it's also a, a challenge right there's um you know there's its own this that this has its own uh, challenge level yeah so let's talk about acquisition because you are in the survival niche and uh, it has some limitation with Google and uh, Facebook ads. I know that. So how do you acquire your customers? Yeah, so um, there is a so I created a tester club. So uh, if you are listening and uh, now we're just serving people in the United States, but it's going to go outside uh, soon. But we have a tester club. So basically you can join a tester club and actually have great offers, 50% off. Sometimes we have free plus shipping offers um, that are, so the offer is not the product and the website that is frowned upon by mainly Facebook and, and um, uh, Facebook, Instagram. And now TikTok is not like my link to my website. So I think on one ad, so I've got to, um, to be more careful there. Uh, but you know, the, this is a different website. It's a, it starts with um, you know, a survey that, that you apply to, to be valid or not. And then you get into a club and there's uh, some, some offers in that, that funnel. So it's a way to get more emails uh, and also mm-hmm. more uh, hand raisers. So you can then bring them to your world through email marketing. And that's a, a you know, backdoor way to, uh, to be able to advertise on these platforms. So um, that yeah that's just the strategy i've been employing uh more recently but yeah it's a challenge indeed yeah that's a smart way to get customers i think you create your uh, little pond and people they raise their hands they want to join and then they get into this small pond and you just need to fish them and you have the customers so email marketing can help you a lot when you create this community no, no, you're exactly right. And, um, you know, and there's, yeah, there's so many ways people would do a giveaway or you partner with affiliates or people with an email list. You, you, 
you get them to send offers and you send their offers and stuff like that. So there are many ways to, uh, to grow without like what one, uh, one, one person told me that is a very, uh, experienced and, um, had great success with e-commerce is that if you have an offer that converts, um, affiliate, and then you keep, can pay a lot of money for each conversion affiliate will line up and, and pray you to, uh, to let you, to let, to let you send your offer to their list. Right. So the number one effort is to basically build an offer, a uh, sales page, an offer that people want and have the potential to, um, to, to, uh, to make that money many times, like to, to raise more money from that customer, like have a, a big LTV in the back end. So the better you're at it, the more you can spend to acquire a customer and more affiliates will say, yeah, I'm willing to, to send an email to my list and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you pay me $20 per customer you get, I'd be happy with that, you know, and then you can have millions and millions of people that, that you can, as a son have access to, if you, if, if you are at that level, if you have a good offer that allows you to pay a lot of money and the earning per click is usually the metric they look at. So if you get a $1 plus earning per click, uh, you know, your gold, uh, they will send you offers to, uh, like you can join affiliate networks and there's many ways to reach out. So, uh, Facebook is good to test, uh, offers and sometimes even to scale to a certain level. But once you've figured out, um, your offer, your, your funnels and your LTV, your CPA LTV, you're like, yeah, I'm good to go. And then you can reach out to different network. You mentioned one dollar per click, click on the website or no or what, APC, uh, what it, what it, it means is that let's say you send uh, an email uh, and everybody who clicks uh, get the affiliate $1 on average. So let's say uh, you have a click-through rate of 20% on your email list mm -hmm. and, uh, and then there's a 50% buying rate and then you can calculate for X mm -hmm. amount of, of clicks. I, I earn, let's say, $10 per, per, per person who buy. So you do the math and it, it gives the person who sent the email $1 for each click they have on their, on the, on the link of the, the email. That's the way to calculate okay. it. So Another way to calculate it would be per impression. So if you're sending cold traffic mm -hmm. to your offer, do you get a dollar per visit? You know, that would be pretty good. But if you can get to a dollar per visit that you can give away to someone else, uh, in that case would be Facebook ads or YouTube ads or what ads, if you can pay a dollar per, per click on your ad, and, and, and instead of like 10, 23 cents or less than one cents a click, but if it doesn't convert, doesn't mean nothing. Uh, so if you can pay a dollar per click on your ad, then it's a bit, I think an equivalent to that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Um, so next question I want to ask is, I know you find it really important that you educate your, your audience and your buyers and, uh, you do YouTube and uh, are you on TikTok as well? A little bit. I tried TikTok recently. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit um, lukewarm with TikTok until I'm convinced yeah. otherwise. But yeah, I'm a little bit on TikTok. Uh, we have, uh, I think, 20 videos there. It's just beginning. Um, more involved on, on uh, YouTube and more involved on Instagram. Um, Instagram hasn't made me money in in spite of uh, spending, spending a lot of effort there, I cannot advertise on the platform. That's a big uh, uh, downside. So I cannot grow mm -hmm. uh, my audience by, by just 
running ads to to get that and um so that uh, that project is a bit on the like it's going to be a side uh, a side um uh, if i create videos for TikTok, i'll post them also on instagram but my primary goal is not to grow any audience uh, on uh, instagram youtube is the best channel i found it's just a lot of work to produce high quality content but you told me i think when we spoke last time that you you do shorts and you got a, a way to just like get it going without spending too much time so it's something that uh we need to uh, investigate and uh, see like my videos my goal was to make uh for a given search the best video people can find like more information or maybe more entertaining with my limited mean you know at the time with not too competitive keywords so and that that was very successful given the um my my poor experience with all uh, all that but um you know that that gave me uh youtube gave me more buyers and and also more um get, get, help the brand awareness a little bit more and and so it was a great platform it's still a great platform for my uh, my niche yeah I, I think youtube is amazing uh, actually this i think this is your most uh, popular video it's just in front of me now on my screen how do i close my folding knife 30 seconds tutorial and now the number the counter is at 140,000 views so and it's just 28 seconds so that's the power of youtube and i have a few friends and and clients who also have uh, youtube channels or they paid influencers on youtube their videos they got half a million views or 1 million views and you know um the traffic is just insane what the email list how, how the email list can build up based on those subscribers and their engagement is very high i will never forget this company they sell uh, uh car parts basically <clears throat> and uh, i think their email open rate in the first email it's 90 percent wow. and the click rate is 30 percent 35 30 so that's insane and uh it's a huge number of people so they are one of the industry leaders in the us so i think that's amazing it takes time to build it up but build it up but it's not like instagram or TikTok or facebook where the content disappears or people they will never see it after a few days weeks but here on youtube it's a search platform as well and uh, people will find that content years later if it's evergreen so yeah you're right and and the good thing about youtube too is it's google so your video can show up on top of google yeah. search and that's what happened with that open knife like one day i, I look at my videos oh 2000 view on that like stupid useful for my customers but like totally you know what's happening and i look at the the data and says, oh it's Google searches, all right, and it just kept growing and become number one uh, video. Uh, I'm I'm a bit sad I didn't have an offer in that video because it could have helped a lot. But you know, it was totally innocent. Just put a video to show uh, uh, my my customers how this works, and yeah, it's trending. So anything that and a lot of our our videos, I for example, if you search for tactical pen, you you find some of our videos or some of our uh, influencers we work with videos that use our pens and it's a bit of a solid way to get into the mind mm -hmm. of people but they're they're ranking top uh in the, in the video list on google and that's pretty good because uh you get that extra visibility and then your brand shows uh like i have an amazon listing that is the number one um organic result 
um, there's then some videos showing uh, products and then you have best tactical pen that sh exhibit shows our product and then we also rank on page one for on the website um, so that's a way to show to give credibility to your your product and see your show that you're a big player and when you rank about above like smith and wesson and gerber gear and like big national uh, companies uh, it, it just shows you don't have to have big budget for that. You just have to be clever about how you go, uh, how you go and attack the problem. And I think this is, uh, this is YouTube allows you to, uh, to shortcut a lot of things. If you, if you're patient and uh, if you put the effort, so we haven't, I haven't put enough effort to really grow that channel and that's, um, that's on me, but you know, at the time I didn't see like one day a week was too, I thought it was too much work. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was probably back in the day, but, um, you know, as you said, hire an influencer who can work with you, produce content that is engaging and, and great. And then you grow a channel like, like that. And I, I think you got it. It's not about doing it yourself, but about having the right team that is not too expensive that you can afford in the long run to help you with that. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, I have only one more question to you. So. Uh, what would you tell to someone who is, let's say, someone who already has an e-commerce store in the six-figure range and they want to achieve the seven, maybe eight-figure range in the next few years? Well, that's totally a great question. I have to say I'm in that 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 range. So uh, what advice would I give myself? You're basically asking. So I, I'm not doing millions on, on Shopify, unfortunately, but... Um, I've seen a lot of people successful. So join masterminds, join people who have done it, who are, are good at it and, and, and get coaches, get people like you can do a lot on your own, but the, the, the reality is that you don't have to do everything on like on your own. So I'm part of a uh, mastermind with uh, Trial Island that where he is a, a master of, you know, funnels and offers. And I learned a lot through that, through that. And there's plenty of offers out there uh, to, uh, to help you out to figure out how to, to grow, how to be more efficient with your time, with your money. And um, this being said, too, I, I learned that everybody is different, has a different angle. And that's also important to retain your identity in doing that. So um, this is the... Uh, and, you know, I found a guy, uh, Paul Bennett, his name is. I don't think he's available mm -hmm. anymore, but I found him on Upwork. The guy built a, and sold a business, an e-commerce business uh, that is doing $20 million a year. I said, can you help me out? And we spent hours together. He analyzed my business, giving me some advice. And, um, and we off we went. So I like to talk to, to experts. And sometimes experts are not real experts when you start digging in. But it's an hour you spend, two hours you spend with someone. At $100 an hour, you spend $100, $200. you are like, okay, I wasted that money. But next time, it will make it double for that because I'll find the right person. So reaching out to find, to meet with experts or people who are good at something. Uh, and just having a chat, pay them for their time and they'll be happy to, to either have an offer for you to help you out, but also just to give you advice. And I, I find that external help is, um, is very needed, especially when you are in that difficult, difficult um, uh, trajectory to, go, to double your business from the six figures, for example. Uh, there's a lot of things that you need to tweak, think about, and and having people who can help you prioritize your work is definitely a big, um, in my opinion, a, a big uh, a big move and a very helpful move to do. Yeah, I agree. Mentors and uh, 
being surrounded by the right type of people, masterminds. Actually, I'm just thinking about setting up my own mastermind because okay. I have an area where I want to improve and uh, I'm looking for uh, people. Actually, this is the first time that I'm saying this. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, if this will really happen, then I will let everyone know. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a very important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And, and and talking to other people who have the same type of problems, how to resolve it, and then you give back. Because everybody also have a network. You know, think about, about the network that you have. So um, I help a seller. Right now, I'm helping an e-commerce seller. He's at $4 million plus a year, I think. Mm-hmm. I give him some, um, like, um, some, like, pointers. Oh, this, I know this guy that could help you for this problem. And I'm better in an area, so I can also give him some... Um, some advice in that area and eventually you give me or he has already given me some like so we can um we can help each other and uh have a network uh you're looking for um, someone a media buyer for youtube for example uh, who has one in your network you ask this guy this other guy this girl and then eventually someone finds knows someone who's very good and then you know this is extremely valuable so um i find i find this to be the most valuable asset is what other people that are just like you, maybe not even more advanced, um, having the network and the abilities that you could benefit from, right? So uh, I, I think this is, um, but this is tr- true in life, you know, not just in business, but in business it's even more important because uh, because this is um, shortcutting, cutting months and months of your of your progress sometimes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are great uh, close, closing thoughts for today. Thanks for uh, the great piece of advice in the end, uh, Jeff, and sharing your story. It was very insightful. And uh, thanks everyone who watched the live stream or uh, in the future will listen to the podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you drop a like button and uh, you leave a review to us. It really matters uh, for us. And uh, stay tuned because every week we come out with a new podcast episode. Thanks everyone again and stay tuned.